Hello, Mountaineer Nation. Welcome to March, the month that Rothstein says you can't sleep. We'll let you sleep a little bit. We are pumped about the big one on Tuesday. Those green and gold-clad bears from Waco, Texas, coming and come up to the Coliseum. Finally going to get that game in with Baylor. We cross our fingers and uh, knock on wood that it'll happen. Going to be a top six matchup at the very least, maybe even top five by the time these two teams take the hardwood at five on Tuesday night. We'll also go back and re-examine two wins last week versus the Purple Squads in the Big 12, Kansas State and TCU. Kind of bludgeoned those two teams in the death. Workmanlike efforts by the Mountaineers. We'll also take a little preview ahead to when we think Hugs gets that 900th win. Is it going to be Oklahoma State on Saturday? Might it be uh, TCU on Thursday? Uh, really all depends on this Baylor game. Really excited for that. We'll also take a little little look into some bracketology. See where the Mountaineers will be kind of um, looking at based off the nation's landscape here this weekend. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee. Phil Stout's in the evening, grab the drink. Come on back because we are talking all things Mountaineer basketball and especially the big one on the Coliseum on Tuesday versus the Bakers. Going on there, Zach. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Oh, man, it's raining outside. Like, I hope we rain threes this week. Just keep Amen. it warm. Amen to that. <laughs> it's man, it's uh it's it's raining so hard out here. It's like uh, Darius Rucker, you know, raining angry on that tin roof outside my uh outside my bedroom here on the porch here, Zach. Man, I'm uh I'm excited, buddy. This is gonna be a fun week. Yeah, and it's all at home, all in the backyard. I love it. No place like home. Although it hasn't been for us this year. We have more wins on the road than we do at home. I know it. Very unusual for any team, but seemingly especially us. I feel like we have quite a bit more trouble on the road historically. And we have, you know, I mean, you think about this team last year and how they couldn't win on the road. And then this year it just shows the growth and maturity, you know, um, a team that was what sitting on the two line when they revealed the brackets last year to this year now being on the two line coming into the last week solidified by most people granted three big ball games coming this week obviously in the collie and then next week in kansas city so um lots of work still to do though zach that's for damn sure no doubt this week will be i don't want to say make or break but it's going to have a lot to do with what our seed line ends up being here in a couple weeks oh absolutely i mean we know that i mean i don't want to say this in the wrong way but losses to baylor at this point in time I don't think prevents you from being on that two line, but they're not going to – a win against Baylor will maybe vault you into solidifying the two line, maybe even higher than that. Seeing some projections now out there talking about a potential number one, which I, you know, I don't know. I'd like to – let's take care of business first and let's see how all the rest of that kind of falls into play. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, a lot, a lot of ball left to play before the brackets come out here in a couple of weeks, but – Anything's possible. I mean, we've got we've got the games left to play. If we can pull out some crazy stuff and have some things happen in other leagues, anything's possible. I mean, it, it is. I mean, because you look at, you know, you keep thinking and you keep looking at how all the bracketology seem seemingly at this point in time want to have that second Big Ten team on the one line with Michigan. 
I'm not so sure, Zach. I mean, we saw Ohio State this week after they were kind of vaulted the number that, you know, fourth number one um, has now lost three straight. Granted, you lost to two good teams in Iowa and uh, Michigan, but you lost in the middle of Michigan State, sandwiched in between. And uh, I don't know. To me, I look at that profile, say they're out the window for a one. Um, Illinois had a bad loss this week, but yet, they, you know, they come back and beat Wisconsin. Still getting a lot of love from them. I mean, I guess this kind of is in the the topic of the discussion everyone's going to kind of want to hear about before tomorrow at noon when the rankings come out. How high do we go? We're going to rec- we're obviously recording this on Sunday night. Me and you, what's your best guess? Well, let me just say, in terms of Ohio State, if if you're a projected one one seed, granted tough schedule with Iowa and Michigan, losing to Michigan State, not something you can afford to do this time of year, but winning two out of those three games in whatever combination you like as a one seed, that's kind of an expectation. So I, I agree that they're off. They're off there. Um, for us, I would say come noon tomorrow, we'll be a six. I could argue for us being a five, but I don't see it. So I'm, I'm thinking six. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, I think we're pretty solidified in our agreement what that we'll probably see. The top three obviously will remain the same. Baylor probably moves down to number three, would you not say? I think so. And it's it's not really so much a testament to Baylor as it is what Michigan's doing right now. They look about as good as any team out there. I think – you can make an argument for them to be the one overall, but I agree. I think they're the best team in the country. I, I agree too. After watching what they did this past week between Ohio State and Iowa, I mean they they're tough as hell, man. I would not want to see them over that, any other that's team. The one team that is the one team in the bracket that if I am, you know, Coach Hugs, I don't want to see them. Put us on the other side of the bracket. <laughs> yeah, if we can get on the other side of the bracket from Michigan before playing in a national a, a natty. Uh, that would be the ultimate goal um, because otherwise that's the one team that I, I'm like, I don't want to see that other, uh, the maize and blue going up against the golden blue uh, until we absolutely have to. I mean, cause you know, I keep looking at these rankings for, for tomorrow and granted these don't mean, don't mean shit. I mean, they're, they're worth the paper they're printed on because as soon as the game tips off tomorrow night, the evolution of the bracket continues again. Um, and we have a lot of work to do. But I'll be interested to see – I mean, I think Illinois will remain ahead of us, Zach, I think, with them being in the five-hole, getting a big win against uh, Wisconsin. I think they'll remain ahead of us. And then after that, man, I mean, I'm – I mean, Bama got beat. They were in the sixth slot. Oklahoma, granted, they beat us twice, but they got beat twice this week. Um, Villanova deserves to be moving down. They're, they're an absolute fraud at number eight. Preach. And then, I mean, oh, we could go on about Villanova. I hope we see Villanova in the Sweet 16. I want to see them as a three. Get a little revenge. We're the two. Oh, please. Bring old Jay Wright in that JQ, GQ look right on in to Indy versus Hugs. And when he's wearing a pullover, not a suit, it goes to the master. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, let's let's be honest about that. Jay Wright can't coach out Coach Hugs if he's, wearing a, if he's wearing a quarter zip. He doesn't have the power of the suit or the hair anymore, man, at that point in time. I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you look at that something like I think Iowa with this win today, undeservedly so, in my opinion. But I think they'll squeak ahead of us, and then I think we're six. Yeah, I see. That's that's the one that kind of makes me think we could be a five. But I'm kind of with you. I I think that they'll give Iowa that benefit of the doubt, even though. 
They lost two games before that. Granted, one to Michigan, but they also lost to Michigan State as Ohio State did. But it wouldn't surprise me if they got put ahead of us, you know, especially them playing in Columbus, getting that win convincingly, I, sh- I should say. National, national TV yeah. this week we've played TCU and Kansas State. And, you know, if someone was really paying attention, we were only at four at halftime yesterday. I could see them slightly keeping them ahead of us. But, hey, despite that fact – you see the chaos that's starting to ensue as it gets closer to March oh, here yes. in about an hour and a half. It'll officially be March. And this week, we were one of three top ten teams, us, Gonzaga, and Michigan, to not drop a game or drop two games in the case of a couple of these teams, Ohio State, yeah. Oklahoma. So just to win those games, I'm cool with. Just to get out of the woods with a couple W's, I'm, I'm all about. And, and, Zach, you know, you bring up the – you kind of bringing it up – about how we got out of the woods. And we did kind of get out of the woods. We didn't look extremely impressive in either one of these two basketball games that we played. But we looked good enough in certain spurts of the games to definitely get it done. And I think we – I don't want to say that we've, we're finding and, and kind of tuning up that defense, but we're getting a little bit better on that side of the ball. Now, granted, K-State, horrendous offensive team, and TCU, obviously, bottom half, you know, of the Big 12. So it's not like they're an explosive offensive team either. But you still held teams to 66 and what, yesterday, 43 points? Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, that's real good. Yeah, and look what they did to Oklahoma just this week. So you can say, hey, you didn't look great, but at least you won, and you won convincingly. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And in and, and one kind of one um, in, in sort of a workmanlike fashion, you know, it was never like you felt like in any in either of those two games, like the result was in doubt. I never felt threatened um, that West Virginia was going to lose either one of those two games. I don't know about you. Um, no, I feel I mean, the same. Did you, did you ever have a feeling? Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess we can kind of dive in real quick to Tuesday. Um, obviously. I think we can kind of read into that and say Deuce didn't have his best night. Taz was absolutely phenomenal when we needed him to, and he really got to the line, took care of things. Culver was great early, missed free throws. Uh, missed free throws becoming a little bit more alarmingly a trend for this team uh, as of late too, Zach. A little, little, um, little nervous about that. Yeah, I would say so. But then you go back to yesterday, 15 of 17 from the line. Derek only misses one, so makes you feel a little better. You know, maybe just a couple off games there after having a pretty decent stretch there for a little bit. But hopefully, we got right. back I mean, got back in order yesterday against the Wildcats. Um, and for a guy that's been as you know as shaky and as inconsistent as he has been, for him to come back like you said, three or four against Kansas State, big confidence booster for DC for sure. Yeah, it'd be nice if maybe right before conference tournament time, Huggins can get him in the gym a little bit work with him because it sounds like uh, from what he's talked about here not too long ago when Derek was shooting the ball well from the free throw line, he was the one who was kind of helping him get back into his consistent routine, giving him that little extra pause there that seemed to help him pretty well. So hopefully he can get with him in the gym a little bit before March happens, before it uh, gets to be in big boy basketball and get him back in his rhythm. Oh, yeah. Once the dance starts, and you know they always talk about the, the alignment issues being being part of what it is for him. And now, you know, let's think about it too, Zach. 
they're down in Texas, you know, during the middle of that, in the middle swing of that Texas road trip, we go down there during inclement conditions for them, you know, and whatnot. And, he, and he, it wasn't like he was awful from the line against Texas. It was really bad against TCU. That could play a part in it. He's going to be in the home gym here for the next for the next week. And then another familiar site where Kansas City, maybe you build a rhythm there. And then you're going to be in Indianapolis for, you know, the remainder of the the, uh, the dance there. So hopefully, you know, kind of that will – maybe that played a little role into it, just a slight one. We always hear Hugs talking about how uh, travel is tough on these guys um, and whatnot. And, you know, there's definitely a, there's definitely a role that and a, and a part of that, that that plays into it. I mean, because we need Culver to be good. I mean, he's, you know, well-documented. I mean, he's in the top ten easily in terms of dudes who get to the foul line in the entire country. So if he's making and accumulating points, big for this team in terms of our offensive ability. Um, Zach, I know, you know, we don't want to kind of beat a dead horse here because these last two games, I mean, I don't want to say they were snoozers, but but you didn't have to watch them in, in the narrative of West Virginia basketball and remained the same, I think. Yeah, and they were games you would have, you know, hoped to expect to win, which we did pretty easy, easily like we talked about um, yesterday against Kansas State, obviously the big story to start the game was Deuce not starting the game. My initial thought was, and it seemed like based off Huggins' comments after the game, I was right, just try to get him a little rest, give him some time to kind of take a little break because the stretch run is going to be one that he hasn't seen before, only in his second year. Obviously didn't see any conference tournament action or NCAA tournament action last year. Got a big week ahead of us. And I'm glad that they got him some rest, especially to nurse that toe that Huggins has talked about him dealing with here recently. So I'm all about that. But otherwise, you know, McCabe played admirably in his absence, had a couple issues here and there, but, you know, nothing major, played well. Um, McNeil continuing his hot streak. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, McNeil, McNeil 4-9 yesterday from three. I mean, was really the only guy who um, if you take away McNeil, the rest of the team shoots two of 11 from behind the arc. Uh, we haven't, we didn't shoot the ball extremely well in either of these two games. Hopefully that's a um, kind of a, a, a sign that things will, will uh, not regress any further and we'll kind of get an uptick in our shooting here for these three big games that are costing him this week. Um, Zach, you know, I, I look at it and I say, based off of yesterday, I mean, I think you kind of make, you make good points. Um, Got what you needed, workmanlike efforts. McCabe did give you a lot of quality minutes and played pretty well. Um, granted, you know, and, and, and for him, I think the biggest stat that I saw out of that game was mm-hmm. zero turnovers. Um, Taz was a little loose with the ball yesterday, five. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to sit here and attribute, you know, maybe there's a couple of them, maybe a pass wasn't all that bad, somebody could have made the play. But I want to see him tighten that up a little bit. I thought yesterday we were a little, a little bit um, – lethargic at times um, and offensively, especially in the first half, it kind of stuck a little bit. I don't know if that was kind of uh, sort of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you want to say. Do you have anything that you look into that first half and say, okay, we got to We got to get better. Or do you think it's happened enough in the second half to where it's a non-issue moving forward, especially come Tuesday against the bears? Well, Huggins talked about it after the game. You know, the ball didn't move around as much as it should have in the first half. Obviously, we didn't perform very well in the first half. 26 points overall, low shooting percentages, 41.5% from the field, 30% from three. Not what you want to see out of a team, especially one like ours, that's been shooting the ball so well lately. But 
you know, it's a game that I kind of attribute to not a lot of urgency, not a lot of juice. juice yeah. Juice. Looking yeah. maybe a little more ahead to Baylor, but hey, you win by 22 and I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. So nothing, nothing too major. Got a little more rhythm in the second half. Deuce played a little more in that half as well. Didn't do, didn't really get loose or anything True. like that, but he played well defensively. Got a couple buckets, but you know, yeah, Zach, you make a good point. Second half, thirteen and twenty-six from the floor, uh, three of ten threes, so the same three-point shooting percentage, but ten eleven from the line. So got to the line a little bit more in the second half, made them at the same clip. You know, only missed one free throw each half, but obviously shooting a little bit better. And it's crazy to think that percentage-wise, and I think the Kansas State game is is a good example of kind of how a tournament game possessions are so important. We only take one less shot in the second half we do in the first half. We make four more of them. So it's like possessions can grind down on you there a little bit, and you have to make sure that you value the ball too, which is I think why the turnovers is something that we definitely have to uh, get back in check and, and have to correct. Um, but I think that was partially Kansas State kind of yucks up the game, right? Um, and we really did a good job on them in both, ha- in both halves. I mean, you know, 7 of 25 in the first and 8 of 26 in the second. So they only shoot 29.4 from, from the floor for the game. thought we did a really, really good job on McGurl, too. I mean, he's kind of their guy, and we kind of keyed on him and held him to 10 points, forced five turnovers of his own there. Uh, it was 2 of 8 from the line. Didn't allow him to get comfortable, and that's kind of what he was able to do against Oklahoma. So great job, I think, like you said, by our defense of kind of getting that together um, and being ready. Zach, let's let's put that let me, one. To let bed. me make one. Right, let me make one comment real quick before we put it yeah, away. Go ahead. So one guy I definitely want to yeah. make mention of for both games, but especially the K State game that has really started to get more comfortable is JB Bridges has played so well. Oh, he played okay. really well hey, on both sides hey, of the Zach, court against me... Kansas State. Had a few really nice blocks. I was Zach, super impressed. Let me let me real quickly, because uh, we actually got a, okay. a kind of a question here. Um, given to us from Jared, uh, and really appreciate that, Jared. And appreciate any of you guys want to uh, shoot questions our way. I uh, definitely like to answer them and see, you know, what we can do. But he talked about Jalen Bridges and about how he's coming on. And he asked me, he asked this question. He said, "Does he remind you of any former Mountaineers?" Hmm, that's a good question. Did you have anything come to mind? It really, is, and you know, it's it's interesting because there's not really a guy in the hugs lineage that he reminds me of because of that stretch three point shooter at the four position. He's like a more polished offensive Emmett to some extent, a little, a little bit more kind of has a little bit stockier build, but I was really struggling to kind of figure that out. Maybe um, not as physical of a KJ type. I don't really know. I didn't have a good answer for that. Um, Thinking about, kind of similar Mountaineers to Jalen Bridges at this point in time or what he One could that become. kind of comes to mind just because of the position he plays, not the same kind of player because I think the guy I'm about to name was much more athletic, but it's kind of, it, what is it now? Joe? No, not, not him, Joe Alexander? but it's, it's a okay. guy who okay. provided a lot of defense on a team. You hope to get as far as this one, as this one did with this year's team to the final four team Devin Ebanks, 
And I say that because of the length that Britta's offers, the defense that he's shown in spurts, because Ebanks is a very, very solid defensive player. He couldn't shoot it like JB can shoot it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That was kind of my first thought. It, it's a hard comparison, though. We don't have a lot of guys through Hugs's lineage, like you said, that are, are apples-to-apples comp. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it really is when you think about Jalen Bridges, in terms of former guys in the Huggins era, especially. I had a guy pop to mind for him from a non-Huggins era, which was I don't know why it did because I don't think he really had as much of a uh, outside game. But Tyrone okay. Sally, kind of the athleticism, uh, the kind of the grittiness underneath the bucket, but yet not like a true rebounder. Because you start thinking about some of the Huggins guys. And it kind of makes it a little tougher because I don't think Bridges has that quite yet in terms of the grit, the grime underneath the underneath the rim. But he's also, you know, only a, a redshirt freshman here. And now he's essentially going to be a two-year redshirt freshman um, with the way this season works. So I just – I don't know. That's interesting. And then the other the other part of it here that I thought was uh, was very kind of interesting on, on the question here, which was um, – Zach, I think we'll answer this other one about his ceiling later on because I don't, I don't think we really even know. I think it's all conference potentially um, by the time he's done. But how critical do you view his role, you know, post he who shall not be named, um, and how kind of how important is he for the stretch run? Well, I think he's hugely important. I think that he's like I said, starting he's starting to become Crucial. more and more comfortable and coming into his own. He's just letting the game come to him, and if he can continue to give the defensive contributions like he did yesterday, I mean, that's massive. And you need all the length you can get on this team to cl- to crash the glass. He's had games where he's really done that well. He had an 11-rebound game about a week and a half or two ago. So anything we can get from him is great. And I think that he's a guy you can expect to get maybe not this kind of production. K-State, you know, that this efficient, eight points, four rebounds, three blocks. But something close to that would be awesome. You know, Zach, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think you can kind of expect to get sort of that efficient type production from him from what we've seen of late, you know. Um, I mean, yesterday he gives you, what, eight and eight and three, I believe, on the on the boards there. Eight and four. Um, or eight and four. The game before that, nine and five. Uh, it's not consistent always anymore, you know, as, as often with him. But, I mean, eight and uh, – had the 11 rebound game there against Oklahoma with eight points. Now, granted, double OT played 48 minutes. I think it kind of helps elevate that rebound number a little bit. But Texas Tech nine and six. I mean, hit some big shots in that Texas Tech game. I think we can. I think you kind of see the efficiency coming from Bridges, and I think he's a guy that you can kind of expect to see in that probably what eight to eight to 12 point range on a high with about what four to five rebounds probably, depending, you know, and can get more um, in, in certain spots. I think he's only getting better as a rebounder. As and that'd be great if to. we can get that kind of production out of him, game in and game out, this year anyway. I think next year he'll be expected to take a nice little leap forward. But I would I would love that because yeah. he he's taken a step forward in a big way since Shibway left, and that's exactly what I hoped he would do. He's taken it on very well. He's taken it all in stride. And and we need him. He's a guy we can, you know, really use to provide that kind of production. And you know, he 
he's maturing before our eyes. It's it's really awesome to see, especially for a hometown kid. Yeah, he really he really is, and it's good to see uh, a guy of that kind of stature and that pedigree from from the state decide to to stay. Um, it only builds that build that lineage of guys. And I think it's a special type of kid too. And, and Bridges, you know, they, they kept wearing out the oh, polar yeah. bear from Fairmont senior. Um, and why not? That's a great team uh, mascot, even though it breaks my heart still uh, to think about that for my group of guys. There are no seven from Nitra that lost to him there at the end. But um, no, I mean, it's, 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 I'll tell you what though, man, it's polar bears, a great mascot. Um, and Bridges represents those guys. Well, let's put it that way. And, and Zach, I think you're right, man, in terms of saying that he – you're not necessarily sure you're going to get the consistency always because he is a freshman. But, man, that ceiling's high. And next year he's really, really going to come on too, only going to continue growth because I think we're seeing it now, you know. I think if he continues to gain confidence as this season goes, I just think he's more or less, the you know, at times the fourth scoring yeah, option. and he, he doesn't get a lot of attempts, you know, four, five, six looks a game, which is perfectly fine, especially with how efficient he has shown to be in recent weeks. That's awesome. And there may come a game where he's Takes getting good shots. less attention because they're trying to take, you know, Deuce, Sean, Taz away. And if he can take advantage of those opportunities, mm-hmm. I mean, what can a defense do, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think, too, you know, I wonder in terms of who plays better with Culver at this point in time. Does Bridges play better with Culver, or do you think Emmett plays better with Culver? Because I think that's the guy who's going to see more time with those three scoring threats on the outside. Although I think, you know, sometimes you could probably play Emmett as well still with the, with Culver and um, and and JB as well, you know, and only have two of those guards out there. I mean, obviously it's always depending upon foul trouble and who's hitting, who's not hitting. But I think it's sort of an argument sometimes about who can get more minutes and who who plays a little bit better with Culver, JB or Emmett, especially well, at that fourth I'm spot. happy that we have this kind of roster flexibility, this lineup flexibility, because like you said, whoever's on that day, whoever seems to have it, you can kind of roll with it and make adjustments in game. But, hell, you even throw Gabe in there when you're running – Gabe and uh, Derek at the same time in in the post, who are you going to run at three? If either of them, you know what I mean? Depending on the matchups, you have that flexibility, and that's really nice. So I think I think the Huggins will be able to play with it a lot. I think I think Emmett and JB can both cohabitate with Culver. I really like what Emmett is doing like he did yesterday when he has that aggressiveness, when he's trying to get to the rack, because that's where he's most successful. He's not a shooter. He can make shots, but it's not what you prefer to see him do. You love to see him go to the rack and just flush one down like he did a couple times yesterday. That's his bread and butter. But then you have JB, who can get a little inside, but his primary game is on the perimeter. So it's nice to have that kind of yin and yang at the four. And, and Zach, I'm telling you what, I think – JB's ability to score with his back to the basket, around the basket, you know, not being on the perimeter is really it's starting to improve. You can see flashes of it um, on occasion. And I think that's a really big sign, like you said, of kind of where he's going. And you know what? Another part of this, another part of it that I think is very interesting, and I think this is always something that we've had on good Huggins teams. There's a presence and kind of a, a voice 
for the state of West Virginia in that locker room. And Bridges is kind of that guy, right? Sort of what it means to be a Mountaineer, even though he's only a, a redshirt freshman, he has that voice. And I think sometimes that speaks and kind of is an important part of what that program is about. You think about when the team has been really good there with Adrian, um, you know, during, during some of the, during some of the Huggins, Huggins years, you had guys, you've had guys who knew what the culture was about from the outside perspective of the fans, which only brings that grit and determination to the locker room as well. Um, I think it's always kind of a good thing to see that native West Virginian kind of being a part of that team. Definitely. I would love to hear much more about his, his uh, hailing from just down the road in Fairmont for the next month. I'd be all about it. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and hopefully for the next maybe four years too, um, on kind of uh, hopefully we keep hearing about, uh, bridges hailing from down the road in Fairmont. Um, so Zach, now I want to kind of get into um, the big one at hand, man. I mean, Tuesday, 5 p.m. ESPN going to lead into a little Sports Center. Maybe they're just scrapping Sports Center that night and then going right in. I think actually it's going mm-hmm. into the uh, Illinois Michigan um, game. So nice little kind of triple header they're setting up with us there in Baylor as the kind of the uh, leadoff spot there. So kind of um. Tell me, you know, what you've seen, what you saw out of Baylor against Kansas that gives you optimism and, you know, sort of things that that you kind of feel like we need to improve upon to be ready for this matchup. I know you've been kind of chomping at the bit for Baylor for a while now and, and to definitely say a Chami Wachacha's name. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll try to fit that in as much as I possibly can. Can, can stand, as much as my mouth will allow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yep, yep. one thing that I look at in particular – that Kansas did to Baylor is they absolutely destroyed them on the glass. So you look back well, you look back at Can we do our that? game against them last year. Very similar in the rebounding totals. Well, I'm looking back here on on the box score from the game against Baylor last year to finish the season. We out rebounded them forty two to twenty eight. Yesterday, Kansas out rebounded Baylor. 43 to 25, I believe. So that's kind of, okay. yeah. And um, Kansas doesn't have a lot of size besides McCormick. Wilson's been their leading rebounder all season for the most part. And McCormick only had three rebounds yesterday. Granted, he bullied them in the post, eight for 10 shooting, 20 points. Culver can do that, but up up the rebound total, that's going to be your key. Exactly. You've got to to keep him fed and you've got to keep him out of foul trouble which I don't think they're going to have a lot of go- a lot of stuff going in the post yes. to get Culver in a foul trouble, so let's hope that's the case. But he's going to be the key, and rebounding just consistently throughout that game is going to be massive. I've got to ask now, though, if you still have it up, what was the um, the offensive rebounding numbers there for Baylor? Because I think that's the key, right? If they're missing a lot of shots and you are clearing the offense and you're clearing the glass, one and done in them, that's what that's the formula to beat them. Because I remember watching that in the Coliseum last year when we beat Baylor. We did a great job on not allowing them to get offensive rebounds, and they like to get offensive rebounds. Um, I think that's a key. Do you have that up? Now, are you asking for what happened last night or what happened last I'm, year? I'm, no, no, last night. Last night, it shows that Baylor had 11 offensive rebounds off of 43 misses. Okay, so they had 11 offensive rebounds. And then they only had what fourteen defensive rebounds? Yep. 
So Kansas was making everything. Yep. It did seem like that too, though, did it not? Where yeah, they they shot a well. Unis. Did not they, did not shoot well from the three point line, three for sixteen. But from the field, fifty one percent. I mean, they were. Well, it, they took it goes care what of you it. said about McCormick. You know, McCormick taking care of it down low, doing a really good job there. Um, and I think they scored a little bit in transition too. Mm-hmm. Not your typical Kansas transition game, but enough to where it. it you felt at times like, man, Baylor is not getting set up. They're not getting that defense set up. Kansas is beating them down the floor. And McCormick, like you said, had an amazing game. Culver can do that to those guys. I have no doubt about that. Um, and like you said, he will add some more rebounds. Um, I think the key is, though, is, is clearing clearing the glass. One and done in them on the offensive end for sure. Yeah, no doubt. If you can, If you can keep them – from getting on the glass like, like they like to do and getting back to, you know, we're still a good rebounding team for the most part, not as effective as when we had the Twin Towers, but it, we can still get the job done. It's crazy how good we still are, though, right. on that end, on the on the rebounding end. It was crazy that we are still the number one offensive rebounding team in the Big 12, which I found to be amazing, but it's a part of our culture. It's a part of our DNA, right? That's West Virginia basketball. It's doing what we do. It's getting ugly. Um, and, you know, doing whatever it takes, you know, on, on the offensive end. And we still score some points. You know, you think about it, Culver still gets his share of offensive rebounds. JB's getting a few here and there. Emmett's getting – Emmett's way more active, it feels like, on that end offensively on the rebounds than it is defensively at times. Um, that's going to be key too, right? Absolutely key for us is to get some second-chance points on Tuesday night. Yeah, for sure. And one thing – you may not be able to count on is Baylor shooting is horrifically this 35% from the floor, 23% from three hell six of 16 from the line. I mean, they didn't have anything going in Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday but, night, but you know, exactly. They haven't played in three weeks. They, they didn't do, they didn't shoot the ball that well, obviously against Iowa state either. Now granted, is that, is it a rust versus rest element that's now getting taken off mm-hmm. and now, you know, they've had a couple more days to, to kind of get themselves ready for Tuesday. Tuesday, they come out and shoot the best that they have. And, you know, since their return, it's a possibility, right? But it's also a possibility that Baylor struggles again from the floor offensively with, with shooting. There'll be some fans in the stands, uh, not, not enough to where it really would truly affect Baylor, unfortunately. Um, but it's a different environment. They haven't been shooting well. I think it's more about the, the quality of shots they're getting now. They're not as fluid in their offense, not as smooth, you know, in terms of they were like a machine there before the pause. And now at least watching them against Iowa State and then and then again last night there against uh, Kansas in the fog, they do not seem to have that same flow of offense on offense, and they're not getting as good of shots, I didn't think at least. No, I completely agree. They they lacked that rhythm that they had for the majority of the season, and their guards just didn't have it. Two for nine shooting for Butler, he fouled out. Five of fifteen for Davion Mitchell. Seven of twenty for Maceo Teague. I mean, they just they haven't been able to get it going. Even Flagler, one for eight from the field. They just man, they're they were ice cold. If they brought that same kind of iciness to the Coliseum on their part anyway, I'd be all about it. Coming I mean, and and I think I think Zach another another key thing, at least from from how I look at it, my my perspective coming into this game, is sort of the matchup physically too, right? Baylor, you think about them as being somewhat of an intimidating team um, from that notion, 
but I'm not really sure that this year it's really as much the case as it has been. And I think our guys have a little bit of a chip, I'm going to say, on their shoulder. Um, they've been hearing about Baylor and how good they are probably since about around Thanksgiving, right? Especially how good the Baylor guards mm-hmm. are. I think that's going to be a huge factor um, Tuesday night. I think our guys are going to have a have a really big old chip on their shoulder, maybe a huggy bear sized chip um, that they might want to release uh, Tuesday at five. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at you look at what this game looked like last year. You know, Baylor brought back the majority of their guys from that team last year that was so good. But one guy they're missing. You brought it up earlier in past pods, they don't have Freddie Gillespie anymore. And that was a big part of what they did last season, a big post presence for them. They don't have that. Obviously we're down one big without Oscar. Especially interior defensive, especially interior defensively. Hey Zach, you're having a little mic issues there, brother. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, no problem. No problem. I, I, but I, like you said, you talked about Gillespie and I think you talked about the, the post presence, but I think it's more the defensive interior presence, mm-hmm. which I didn't see last night for them against Kansas, that I think um, they're missing now. They really are this year. I mean, like you said, I mean, they've got good players in terms of, uh, you know, Vitals able to, to guard down there. And but Vitals 6-5, you know, I mean, I just – they don't have that same – and I think that's kind of been – Sort of slept on. I mean, I know Flo 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 Thamba, six uh, ten, a pretty big, pretty big guy. And Lovedale, you know, they let him. You know, he's he's a big body, but he's not necessarily a guy they get to play a lot. Um, they don't have that in- intimidating presence down there on the low block. No, they don't. And that's kind of has has that just been like just look kind of like not even looked at, and people just haven't thought of that, or are we just? Or you know what I'm saying, like because I feel like Baylor's been given a lot of love all year, but they haven't had that all year either, have they? No, they haven't, and I think that's something that's gone over, that's been overlooked because they haven't really needed it. They've won games up until last night; they hadn't lost, so it wasn't something that was looked at as a negative because they were doing just fine without it. But you know, Vital is obviously one tough son of a bitch. He he crashes the glass as good as anybody, but when you lack that size and you go against a guy like Culver and don't have a guy to really match him, it's it's tough. And I'm really hoping that we impose our will and Derek imposes his it's, will. I mean, it's sort of like saying, you know, when you talk about Vital, Vital is there is there Gabe. I mm-hmm. mean, let's he's a little Gabe's a little bit a little bit sturdier, a little has a few more inches on him, but he's their Gabe. Um and so it's it's like trying to say that Gabe's gotta always be down there and taking care of that you know, that number one interior post, you know, guy down option out of the post. It's it's not something easy for him to do. And I think it's sort of the same way now. I think, you know, Chom Chami Wachachua obviously is gonna have a little something to say. And he'll probably take Culver majority of the time, wouldn't you say? I mean, he's probably gonna be the guy on the floor having to guard Derek the most, correct? Yeah, he and Thamba, I think that we'll see a healthy dose of both of those guys. And, you know, Against Kansas, Thamba played 20 minutes to McCormick's 25. I would imagine a lot of those minutes were simultaneous, maybe not all of them, but Thamba did get the start against Kansas, and he doesn't yep. start every game. So it's something that they're definitely going to try and adjust to. Hopefully, 
Culver can do what he does best, draw a bunch of fouls on those guys and get them out of the way because the without them and make the Yeah, exactly. Throws. Make the free throws. Because <laughs> without them, if they're off the floor, they're not gonna have anything for Derek. You know, I, I think and this is just kind of a it's it's sort of a like the light bulb from Minions moment popping in my head right now, Zach. But like earlier on, Baylor was thought of to be this great team because I think their guard play was so outstanding, right? Obviously, we like you said, it's been overlooked. They haven't needed it. We have a little bit more inside on them with Derek. Now, granted, Chami Chachua and Flo Thamba both, you know, have have the ability to defend down there for sure. But our guard plays come on of late. Their guard play has always been a conversation. I think we match up very well with them. I think it's going to be a very four-on-one type of game, a lot of the basketball game, correct? Or do you think they're going to try and maybe – use Meyer a little bit, but we can, we can use JB and use uh, Emmett on him. I don't think they have any outstanding advantages on the floor versus us. Maybe our ability to defend and stay in front of them, but I think we'll see a lot of point drop probably. That's, that's exactly where I was going to go because that's their one advantage on us. Their guards are about as good as they get in the country. That trio between Butler, Mitchell and Teague, they're, they're outstanding and they have been all season. And one thing that they do very well is get into the paint and score buckets. And that's one thing that we don't do very well is prevent guys from getting around us, getting into the paint and scoring buckets. But if we can manage to use that point drop to our advantage, get into some trap situations like we did against Kansas State yesterday, obviously Butler's a lot better – sorry, Baylor, excuse me, is a lot better with the ball than K-State is. Hey, Butler was really good today. Yeah. Absolutely, Butler made it happen today. <laughs> Not from the free throw line, though. Not hey, the they made what happened. They made what they needed to get the win. But if we, if we sure. can get that point drop working and keep Baylor from torching us, just dribbling right by us, like we've had a tendency to allow guys to do, that's going to be a huge advantage for us. Now, Zach, do you think you know? And I'm just kind of I'm just kind of sitting here thinking about it a little bit, but. Is the challenge of it being Baylor the defensive intensity we ratchet up some? You won't have like you have like you won't have some. You want lack for energy, obviously, which might help you defensively, especially early in the game, um, to maybe get a couple shots. Because I don't think Kansas is necessarily a great defensive team either in terms of athleticism. Now, granted, Garrett's amazing, and I and you know, um, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm struggling to say his name. Uh, Ochache. Uh, oh, Agbaje. Uh, Agbaje. Uh, yeah, Abaji. Abaji. <laughs> That's yeah. I can see it in my head, and I'm trying to like say it, and it's like, oh man, you know, um, this Woodford's pretty good right now. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, they, now that both of them are good defenders, but it's like they're an outstanding defensive team. Um, so I think you know we can we can do enough right to stay in front of them early on, and maybe employ that point drop later on in the game. Um, I mean, I know they're a very good shooting team, especially from three-point land, and that's going to be a big key for us to run them off the line and hope teams continue to miss threes against us like they have seemingly all year. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to we're going to have to keep them from stroking outside because, granted, we've been shooting it very well since Big Twelve play started, but that's a team you don't want to let get hot because if they do, it's going to be a long night. So our defense is going to be critical to getting this win. Obviously, our offensive has carried us a lot to this point. But if we want to get this win, our defense is going to have to step up. 
the firm of uh of McBride, McNeil, and Sherman attorneys at ball. I saw someone <laughs> post that. I, I love. Oh it. yeah. Um, I mean, because man, because those three are. I mean, it, it's as simple as saying if they make shots, I think we will win. If 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 we get a, if we get all three of them to make shots, we will win. If you get one to have an outstanding game and you're playing some decent defense, you still have a shot. Um, I mean, I just I just look at Baylor and I think that we're catching them at a good time. It reminds me a lot mm-hmm. of last year. They had just come off a couple losses before they came in to the Coliseum. They were hot early. Um, granted, different difference this year than from last year, obviously with the pause versus them continue to play. But we're not scared of Baylor. A lot of teams, I think, get against them. For some reason, they have a little fear of them right now. I'm not really quite sure what it is, but they do. I don't think we're going to have that on Tuesday. I think we're going to be ready to rock and roll. I think we've been we've been ready for this game now for what going on a month. I mean, this is what we've seen about four or five different scouts they probably have had now on Baylor. We know what Baylor's going to do, and I think we're going to have a lot of confidence. As I'm well. with you. I I think that this team is not afraid of Baylor whatsoever. You look at the team that beat them last year at the end of the season, pretty much the same guys except for the guys that we've lost. But all the guys that we have on this team, except for JB, obviously he was on the team but not playing, they're they're playing right now, and they make up the heart and soul of this team, and they, they took care of business last year. I think that they will be ready to roll, and I'm I don't know. I've got a good feeling. I think – your point of catching them at the right time is dead on this COVID layoff seems to maybe have had an effect on them, obviously only two games back, but they didn't look crisp against Iowa state at all. And they looked even less crisp against Kansas last night. So I think they're right for the picking. Yeah. I mean, this is probably if, if we're going to, if we're going to say it, you know, they are about as right for the picking as humanly Mm -hmm. possible right now for us. I mean, they're, they're ready to come off that vine, my friend. I think we've got them stay right between the crosshairs here. I love the spot for us. Now I'm going to tell you right now, Zach, as much as I love the spot on Tuesday for us, I despise the spot <laughs> yeah, Saturday. Absolutely. I, I don't know what it is, man. There's something weird about Oklahoma state coming in there. They always seem to play us well in the Coliseum. And for some reason, man, like, I hope that we get to the 900th before then because I don't want that. I don't want it to be a situation where we've got all these bright lights on us. We lost a close one to Baylor. We beat TCU. Hugs is going for 900. And old Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft, just steals it from underneath us. And then he has to win it in Kansas City in the first round. I want that to come in Morgantown. Hopefully we can get a Thursday versus TCU. And then Saturday is just a 901 icing on the cake. And then I kind of like the spot. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And – you know, we we had to do everything we could to beat them the first time, in you know, in their house. We're, we we're are, we now. are. We're better now. I think I think they're better now too. I think we are significantly better than we were then. I'm not sure how much better they are now. Um, Zach, I think to be honest with you, I think Boykin. I'm not sold on him, man. As as being an elite head coach in the Big Twelve. I I don't know. I'm I'm still gonna give him some time. He's had a few years, but I, I mean, he's he's got him top half of the conference right now. I mean, look at the talent that he has. Yeah, but look at the talent level. I mean, they have some of the most talent in the league. They they lose more games that they shouldn't lose right now with Cunningham and those guys and anybody else 
than they should put it that way. At least in my opinion, likely is great. I mean, they, the way they lost that game to us, they lost a big game to Texas Tech. They sh- should not have lost early on. I don't know, man. I'm not necessarily sold on Boykin. Yeah, I mean, I I can I can see that. We'll we'll obviously see how they fare in the tournament. That'll be a big big step for them. But the fact that he got Cunningham there in the first place, that's a big big thing for him. You know, recruiting's as big a part of coaching as anything else. We could also wonder why he got yeah. Cunningham in, though. We could also that's wonder why point. he got him in. I mean, they are te- they are technically coming staring down the pike of in, of a uh, of kind of a NCAA uh, sanction. Um, and the timing of the court's going to allow them to get to play in the tournament. Uh, so that's that's a yeah, part. Yeah, I could see that. I will tell you one thing. <laughs> I don't mean to, I don't mean to go all negative on Boykin here either, because I think I think they're a program that's definitely improved and definitely getting better. But it's still out. there. Yeah, I I, I think it. Uh, you might be right on that. We we won't dive too deep into it, but uh, <laughs> no, you're you're probably on point with that. It's, it's a possibility that that had something to do with it, but I will say one thing about that game Saturday. If, if old ice likely can continue to be out, that'd be fine with me because he is a notorious mountaineer killer. Yeah, he is. He, he literally, he is kind of that assassin in the crosshairs for us, especially, I don't know what it is about him. He always seems to have great games versus us. Um, Zach, I know I kind of jumped over TCU there. Um, I'm not really worried about them coming back in a second time at all. Nah, nothing, nothing to see here. We'll uh, yeah. hopefully be riding off a nice Baylor win. Hopefully, don't take them right. Now that might be the yep. only part. That might be the only part of it that scares you. Is you're coming off a big Baylor win. You've been winning a bunch of games. You you know you got Cunningham coming in on Saturday and, and the pokes. You're not quite ready. Jamie Dixon kind of just finds a way to pull some of that pit magic out of his ass from the from the mid 2000s there with Dewan Blair and uh Levance Fields and those guys uh like he used to be able to win in the Coliseum granted not the mm-hmm. same level of quality of players down there yeah, no Sam Young on this TCU uh, team that's for, that's for sure oh man Sam Young god you dude I tell you what you just, we started named rattling off for these pit guys from back then they had some teams I hated them but you How had about a little Ronald Ramon that name do anything to you Ooh, Ronald Ramon can go. <laughs> he can burn in hell. Sorry. <laughs> Man, that, that shot that he made mm. in the corner there the year before the final – or the year Hugs' first year back uh, in, in the peak still haunts me to this day. I think it still yeah, haunts that me. Was a, that was a tough one. We should have beat those guys. And I think they were like, what, number was, five in the country? It was a big-time matchup. I can't like remember that. the specifics, but it was a big one. You're right. Uh, Ronald, Ronald Ramon, man. Oh, man. I tell you what, now, you know what, though? I will give him credit for Brevin Knight and Brandon Knight. I thought he was, and Julius Page was pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I will give him that. Yeah. No, Zach, you know, kind of, um, sort of, I mean, we could, we could kind of get back. I mean, do you have anything else, Baylor wise? I mean, we could keep talking this, but I mean, like, I don't really know in terms of, in terms of what we're going to be able to say here. I mean, what else do we need to explore into here, man? I mean, we've talked we're going to use some point drop. We talked we got to make shots. Is there anything offensively we need to be worried about or things we need to really be looking to try and do for this game to, to ensure success? Because we know Baylor is a pretty good defensive team um, historically. Well, the one thing I'm really interested to see, and it's not something I'm worried about necessarily, but it's something that 
I just am anxious to see how it plays out. You know, Deuce has been dealing with the toe issue, like we talked about. Didn't play a lot of minutes against Kansas State because Huggins was trying to get him a little rest, get him ready for this stretch run. I'm hoping that he doesn't have any uh, adjustment time, doesn't take some time to get into things on Tuesday against Baylor because we've got to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. We can't take time screwing around. We've we've got to have him from the jump. So I'm really hoping that he doesn't need any time to get going because we're going to need him from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, good good point on, on Deuce, you know, making sure that he's kind of ready to rock. But, hey, I will say this, though. Zach, if Deuce does have issues, hopefully you have Taz and Sean making shots for you until Deuce is ready to get back in. And we always seem mm-hmm. to want to establish Culver early. I think we're definitely going to do that again on Tuesday night. Um, would be very surprised if we're not heavy on a old DC early on in the game. Because, like you said, sets the tone, gets to the foul line, kind of will put some of their big men in a little bit of trouble, get them a little passive. Um, I, you know, that seems to be kind of a Yeah, I'm all about it. Get uh, get DC the ball early, let them go to work, hopefully get them in a little bit of foul trouble, get us to the line a lot, hopefully get us in the bonus early. That'd be a, that'd be a big key to success. Yeah, I would – and, you know, I think it's a good point talking about getting up early. I feel like Baylor's the type of team that – and why they've been so successful is they get those leads. They're able to sit on those leads. They're able to kind of – slow it down, manufacture it, kind of almost to a certain extent pace the game the way they want to pace the game, right? And they've been able been very successful at that. If we're able to kind of get on top of them early, I think that only leads to success for us. Yeah, the, the quicker the better. If, if we can kind of put the screws to them early, they're going to have a harder time, especially if they're going to be shooting the way they did against Kansas because that's going to make it a whole hell of a lot harder to get out of a hole. Yeah, I mean, especially especially um, with them kind of coming off a little bit of these relapses here and not being able to play of late, and now they're kind of, you know, they're not firing on all on all synapses right now, you know. That's, I don't want to get relapses there. I don't know why I, I went there. Um, but they're, they're not going to be firing yet on all things. And I think it, a little bit of doubt creeps in their mind coming off and not playing great against Iowa State, losing against Kansas. Then also last year, what happened to him in the Coliseum, you know, they still remember when the storm chasers, you know, fell down in the middle of the student section and uh, Deuce, you know, literally put the dunk that lifted the roof off the Coliseum on that March afternoon uh, when old Lucas Hartansky was ready to have his nice little bachelor party. I still remember it. Okay. You know, I almost fell into the, uh, the back row of the Coliseum on a bench mob when Deuce didn't, when Deuce threw down that dunk. I know Baylor does too. And that only that creep that that only creeps in the mind. Everything keeps creeping in the mind on Baylor, I believe. For uh, let's hope he can do a little more of that on Tuesday, and you know, put the hurt on him even more so. Yeah, Zach. So I mean, now let's put it this way: last year's game against Baylor, one of the better home wins in the Big Twelve history. I kind of this one. This one on Tuesday would be another huge, huge win. We talked about this amongst me and you, and now we kind of want to unveil it. Kind of our Mount Rushmore of Big Twelve big time wins. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll get us going. And I don't know how you had in mind to do this. You want to alternate? I'm sure we'll probably have a couple that overlap, and that's fine. But let's let's alternate if you want to do that. Zach, yeah, if you want to alternate, or if you want to go, maybe give me give me two off the top. Then I'll give you maybe one, and then I'll come back with another one, and then okay, I don't don't know. We we these are in no particular order. Because 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 what I'm gonna say is is there might be a couple of these when you say them that I'm probably just gonna be like. Damn, you took them right off the top. So we, we could go snake drag hey, on this. Um, but Whatever you I'm, want to do, okay man, with, but I'll start like us off. Order. I like it. So no particular order okay. here, but okay. one that you know I, I really thought of right away, and this is one that I was at, one of the couple on my list that I was at. 2014. Oh, yeah. It only huge, adds to it huge, when you're there, though, right? Huge advantage having that in the back of your memory because it, it just stands out even more when you're part of the environment. But – First one on my list was Kansas in 2014, 2015. And I'm sure Kansas is going to take up a few of these games for us. But uh, 2014, 2015, whenever. You'd be surprised. Okay. I like it. Hey, get a little, get a little parody out there. State and buzzer beater yeah. flying down the court. That's uh, that's was, a great one for me. One of the couple good. times I got to storm the court in my time in Morgantown. That was that was a big one. Oh. Yeah, that was a awesome. Week, a week I remember night that. Well like it was yesterday. That was, that was a good one. See, man, my my time in Morgantown was back in the old Big East days. So, like, I don't I don't get the I don't get to throw the love of being like, yeah, I stormed the floor for a Big Twelve win. Um, well, so that's I, one I, of my I two court storming experiences on my list. So I've got another one coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Well, shit, I've give got me another one right now because that's Kansas as well. Two. A couple years prior, actually, if you believe, if you can believe it. <laughs> they were actually number eight in the country both of those years. But this next one, Wiggins went for 41, not enough. Holds a special place in my heart. It was the first time I ever got to storm the oh. court in Morgantown. People falling over people. Shit was crazy. Oh. Are we Aaron? Is this is – this, uh, It is indeed. You know, I believe Henderson, Aaron, Aaron had Harrison 28 points? that game. So oh. it, was, it was a fun one. Wiggins that. obviously put his mark on it, but – we came away victorious in the end. That was more of a personal one for me. First win against Kansas, if I'm not mistaken, since we joined the Big 12. Big, big time uh, accomplishment there. Big, big check in the Norma yes. May. It definitely was because the year before, the year before was uh, <laughs> always good to get checks in the Norma May, my friend. Um, I'm sitting here wearing my Hell big yeah. West Virginia basketball hat, great again hat. Uh, you know, money goes, props go to the Norma May. Uh, man, uh, and fish fry was Friday night. Uh, by the way, old old, uh, old El Presidente, I heard was, about uh, that. Was a part of the virtual fish fry. Um, good, good to hear, man. I gotta love him rocking the Carhartt mm-hmm. Mountie stuff, doing the pizza reviews. Man, he's he's a hugs guy through and through. You know, damn good and well. Portnoy's got a little dough on the Mounties, uh, cutting down the nets here in March for sure. Zach, my my number one is. It's going to be the Baylor game. Yep. And we upset them when they were number one in the country. Now, you might have to give me the year on that. Um, but for me, that was my number one pick because it was such a dominating win. And it was kind of the, kind of the, kind of the start of Press Virginia being nationally recognized for what it was during that era. Um, and man, we absolutely kicked their ass. I believe we beat them. I'm actually looking into that one right now. Correct? I believe it was 2015, 2016, but I'm double checking on that. Yeah, 
I mean, that, that to me, that was, that was kind of a, a big one for me. Number, we were, they were number one. And um, Zach, I'm going to tell you another win that I, that I think goes underrated and it wouldn't be a top, top one on people's list typically for big time wins in the Coliseum, but a one that I really feel is an important win. Um, and that is the win when we rose to number two in the nation and we're number one in the country in one poll. And we played Baylor on a Tuesday night, or it might even have been a Monday night, and came away with a one-point win versus the Bears. It was a big win. Baylor wasn't great that year, but I thought for us, getting that ranking where we were, to lose at home right immediately afterward and being number one in one poll, that was a big time to get, big one to get. So those were two wins, both against the Bears. Um, I've had some bad experience watching us getting our ass kicked by Baylor. Um, but also last year, Zach as well, that one goes to the t- to near the damn near top of my list because where Baylor was nationally at the time and uh, how important that was for the Mountaineer team to kind of get back on the ship and get it righted heading into last year's tournament. Man, we had all the momentum. World kind of took a shit on us, huh? Did what it did. Yeah, hey, but we're back. A year later, we're 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 back, man. We're we're frisky. Maybe we're, better than we were, we're last year at this we're point. But rock, I, you know, so oh, I, I like those picks though, and I'll, I'll tell you last that Baylor game when we, yeah, it, when Baylor we beat Baylor, friend, that you know? that game you're talking about, whooped their ass. It was eighty nine to sixty eight. Is that what you guessed? Okay, you had ten points discrepancy on each side, so, so that was 2016, 2017. Yep. Yeah. I was, you had, I had the, you had the spread right, right had away. You were you were good. <laughs> My over under was a little shaky though. Sounds oh like, yeah, that was like a crazy one. But how like about the Nate Adrian back. that game? Twenty two <laughs> points, seven of ten shooting. Hell of a game for Big Nate. Yeah, it was. He did have a hell of a game. That game, I remember Adrian. You know, kind of. Assholes and elbows and, and floppy hair and, and oh, yeah, that all was, over the place. That was lettuce, Nate. <laughs> I like it. I like lettuce, Nate. Without a doubt. That was probably Nate. He didn't have that uh, buzz cut, fuzzy head. Yeah. I, loved the, I loved the flow. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, let's, uh, let's hear a couple of the other ones. I mean, dude, just thinking, man. I know we got back, we got on flow here, and I'm. You started making me think we might have to get best mountaineer hair here uh, here coming. We might have to have some suggestions from that too if people want to hop in on that. Um, and oh yeah, I'll have to look into that some. I, I'm sure there's plenty of candidates out there. So yeah. my, one of my other ones, Oklahoma in the Big Twelve tournament semifinals. Sorry, buddy, too late, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> buddy healed. <laughs> Now, hold on. I don't Zach, know if you I think have. I told you this story for me, right? I was in a bar. I was in a bar in Louisville, Kentucky, when that game, during that game, and so this is back when Kentucky and Louisville—they're both highly up there—and uh, they went nuts when Buddy Hill made that shot. And there was about four of us in there that were West Virginia fans, and uh, ended up, you know, when they when they waved it off, cheering like crazy. But we also heard a cheer from the other side. Ended up meeting up with some people. They were from from <laughs> from Charleston area. Had a great night. Uh, Mountaineers. Absolutely. Mountaineers no matter where you go, you'll, you'll find a way to manage to get a, get in touch with some. 
that's, always, that's what Caridi says. I think he's right on connection. it. But you know, buddy, buddy couldn't get it yeah. off quick enough. Sorry yeah. about your luck, buddy. But hey, that team did big things. They went on to the final four that year, and that was a great win for West Virginia. Obviously, couldn't get the get the win in the title game for the conference, but hey, that was still a hell of a win for yeah. us. Uh, and then, and then the game. After yeah, let's that, not talk the about that. Thomas Watson fiasco, <laughs> unfortunately. So it was, it was almost that. Zach, let's be real. That was kind of like, all right, we're gonna give you guys this. You don't know. Yeah, what's this is next. your moment. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it was for that season. So I mean, the next, the final one I have on my it. list, and this is, I wouldn't say controversial, but I'd say it's one that you may not have thought about, and this. This kind of has more to do with where the team is now than it being a Mount Rushmore win. It's just one that I kind of wanted to zag on. So 2018-2019, first year for D.C., Emmett, McCabe, this elder statesman of the group, if you will, that we have now, beating Texas – no, beating Texas Tech – in the Big 12 tournament, Emmett went ballistic that game. It just, I don't know, it kind of, it made me think that that was a stepping stone into getting the team back after the Press Virginia days, getting getting them to where they are now. It, I don't know, it was a win that obviously nobody expected anywhere in the world, except in West Virginia. So it was, it was just a really cool win. Probably not. And and I'm not really (laughs) even sure we did either. I'm not really sure we did. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not really sure we did either. But it was, like you said, Zach, it was phenomenal. And that was kind of the We got the some juice here. Was like, whoa, okay. Like, we've got some big-time juice here. And we've really, really kind of um, mm-hmm. sort of, I, I want to say, found our footing, right? And that, man, we, got, we might have something here. Um, Zach, I also kind of wanted to throw one other – one other in there for myself. I kind of went Baylor centric on it. And I probably shouldn't have been considering that it's sort of a Mount Rushmore of uh, wins in the Big Twelve Conference. But uh, you know, another another big one, at least for me, in terms of of big wins in the Big Twelve, was when Javon Carter and uh, absolutely mm-hmm. took Trey Young and bent him over his knee. Um, in the Coliseum that year when Oklahoma was thought to be so outstanding. Uh, and we kind of just said, no, no, not, not happening. That was big time. Uh, I believe it was about 11 point win. Saw that about three, three rows off the floor. So that kind of jumps up into the lexicon of uh, games in terms of why that atmosphere is so special to me, but seeing Javon Carter on the floor, taking control of Trey young that day, uh, something I'll never, never forget. We, we wore Trey young out. Uh, was very hoarse. Honey in the coffee one Monday. Yeah, I was actually at that uh, one that as well. That was a great, great sight seeing Javon just, you know, put Trey Young in his pocket because everything you heard about that season was Trey Young this, Trey Young that. They had a freaking Trey Young tracer on the bottom of the screen in games that he wasn't even playing sometimes. It was just, it was ridiculous. Yep. It was too much. Yep. And it was really nice yep. seeing us do that kind of stuff to him. Yeah, it was. You know, another one that pops into my mind that's a big one now, and I don't know why it does. Um, maybe because I'm scrolling through and I just saw the ACC network. Mm-hmm. But do you remember the win at home against Virginia? Um, 
sort of at the beginning of press Virginia teams, that one to me always kind of sticks out as one that I really, really 2016, 2017. You are correct. And that was, that was about as good of a team as we had during the press Virginia time. In my opinion, I mean, they, they were excellent. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) they were, they were absolutely kind of, uh, they, they embodied what that thing was about. Uh, with, without a question, without a question, Zach, you know, this, this week here, this one here against Baylor presents us another opportunity for another big time, uh, you know, kind of bullet point resume builder, um, Mount Rushmore type win, like we're just talking about. I kind of wanted to finish up here real quickly with now that we, we talked about the rankings at the top, you know, we kind of have talked, danced around a lot of other issues here tonight, but I kind of wanted to get into, where, what do you think it takes, A, for us to be a one seed, if that's a possibility, and then, B, what do we need to do to, to absolutely hold on to that two at the very least uh, as we're, we got two we got two weeks to go? I mean, two weeks from today, we will know what this thing looks like and what the path is. I would say – Hopefully cut down some nets. Everything else being equal across the landscape, I would think we could at least keep it close with Baylor even if we don't win it. Get, keep it close with the. You're not right. Moving keep down, it close to Baylor, even if they pull it out. Baylor, get back on track for for the Bears, right. and then get the next two after that to go two and one this week in the Coliseum, and then at least win, probably two, in the conference tournament. I would say to get you on the two line if you're West Virginia. That's my opinion. I mean, so you're saying – you're thinking four and two pretty safe to be still on the two. I think that's probably right, mm-hmm. especially if you consider who the two losses will probably end up coming to. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. I mean, a and then you think about the teams the that you're vying I mean, against to get on the two line, a lot of Big Ten teams, and they're not all going to go through the gauntlet of the Big Ten tournament. So – as long as we can do well right. in the Big Twelve tournament, I think that'll that'll keep us on the two well, line. And, mm-hmm. and the Big Ten's about to go play and kind of get after itself here a little bit too. I mean, look what happened to Ohio State this past week. I mean, they had them sitting there on the one, and then three you know, straight. Yep, boom, two straight losses. Actually, three straight losses. Um, yeah, I mean, they yeah. even gave them a bump for losing to Michigan, kept them right where they were, but then they still lose two in a row. I think it's exactly be interesting to kind of think about in terms of Big East, not Big East, Dag on it, Big 12 tournament, man. Um, the Big East was popping here right below the Big 12, and just you got me thinking. I oh, want to man, do some that's going to be an extensive list to go through. At the college, by the way, man, because those, that oh, I can't wait. We'll, we'll ask for suggestions on that one, too, because that is uh, that's one that we could go for days on. But, I mean, you look at it and you say, okay, Baylor's probably going to hold on to that one seed all things being considered. Um, you have a very good chance to get the two. If you can win out, you're definitely going to get the two. I think if you lose, if you go two and one, I, I'm a, I do. I'm, I'm guessing here, Zach, do you have a calculator on you right now? 12 by 17. So what is 12 divided by 17? Would be 70 and a half percent. So we would, if we win two of three, we will stay okay. ahead of camp. We will stay ahead of the Jayhawks for the two seed. Love that. Um, because then you don't, you don't avoid Baylor until the conference championship game. 
would more than likely get Kansas at the three line mm-hmm. and avoiding Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, hopefully. Looks like you're going to get probably Texas sitting there at the six right now. Um, Texas Tech is the seven. So looks like you might have a chance. You're either going to get Texas or Texas Tech in that first round game of the Big 12 tournament for you. Who are we wanting to see there? I mean, hell, I'd love to see the seven the seven lose to the yeah, team. Yeah, I don't know if we'll Iowa get that State, lucky. But, let's but you never know. This is uh, if we could, that'd be great. Hey, I would say the yeah, third time is, around. This might is going to be a hell of a tournament, not, especially after not having one last year. I think there's going to be some I'm craziness. To say that. Oh, it's so let's let's just say Zach though two. Let's say we go two and one, or let's say we go three and zero. Oh. We we have a great week. We go we're, we've come in here thirteen and four. We beat Baylor. Then we lose the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Are we a two seed? With a win against Baylor, I would say that that would be the the case. Yeah, I do. And you would think you want to do better in the Big 12 tournament and really earn that two spot. But if you you get a win against Baylor on Tuesday and then finish the week against, obviously, a really good win against Oklahoma State as well and also TCU, I think that's enough to get you on the two line and keep you there. Yeah, I think so. I think it's regardless of what you do in the Big 12 tournament, right? At that point, I'd agree. I'd agree. I mean, because then at that point, you're sitting there at 20 and 6, 13 and 4 in, in the best basketball conference in the country. I don't care what the Big 10 says. Um, that's worthy. That's worthy of the two line, I think. And then let's just be, let's say it this way, too. Zach, I just look at it and I say, man, for the Big 12 tournament, I'm more anxious having to play Texas Tech a third time as a seven seed in that first round game. I, I tend to agree I with that. Kansas it's so hard seven. to beat a team three times in one season. And especially when it's Texas tech, they'd be champing at the bit to get us a third time. Yeah. We need to see tech move up out of that area there. We do not yeah, need and, to see Texas tech in that, in that, in that first round. I hope like hell, if we're the three, or if we're the three seed, they're the seven. If we're the two, they're the six. Maybe move them up into that five or four range because I do not want to see Texas Tech a third time in less than three weeks. No, I'd be cool um, with that. I'd honestly kind of rather see Oklahoma for that same reason. Just, you know, they beat us twice for us. Get a chance to revenge. I'd love to beat for their us. ass in the conference yeah. tournament. That'd be excellent. I'd agree. And I wouldn't mind seeing Texas. I don't think – I, I think we match up well with them. I think maybe we figured something out there last time, even even if it looked like we couldn't stop, you know, uh, anything in the first half. I was trying to think of an analogy, Zach, that dealt with the cold, but it just came yep. too close to this virus shit. And I'm just like, you know, we're going to pass on all jokes to deal with not being able to guard anybody, you know, um, anything like that. So, I, I mean, I, I kind of just look at it and say, can can we please 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 get that opportunity um, to to take on a team like like you said you know Oklahoma that that third time would love to see that I think I'd be cool seeing Kansas too I mean the Big Twelve tournament is going to be amazing if you win a game in the Big Twelve tournament I don't think there's any chance regardless of what happens this week assuming you win two or yeah, three yeah I, I can't imagine lower than a three there's any scenario within the realm of possibility. It's going to get us below a three. But I think, you know, like we talked about, these scenarios to get us to a two, I think we're there. Okay, let me let me 
let me let me throw one out though. There is one that I thought of, and I and it it pains me to think about it, but it's it's one that percolated just as you said that. You lose to Baylor. You beat TCU. You lose to Oklahoma State. Oh you man, you think that State. far? You're on the four line, aren't you? <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, I think probably we're West Virginia. We're not. We're we're, we're not the blue blood. They always would give us the five, even if we were way better of a four seed. Like the year that we beat Marshall, somehow Wichita State was the four. Now maybe they just wanted to have some fun putting them out there in the bracket together, and it worked out anyway. I don't know. You know, NCAA does some weird shit sometimes. And plus, Zach heard this stat: we've only been above a or been wow. lower than a four seed three times in our program history. Now that granted, that doesn't include the early '60s when Jerry West and those guys. Once the tournament's been seeded mid '70s, the uh, the 2010 obviously the the Final Four team was a two seed, and then the three seed that lost the, to Thomas Walkup and the boys, unfortunately, and then the four seed the year that we Let got me... beat uh, by Gonzaga, or or that might have been the Nova year. I'm yeah, not sure. One yeah. of those two teams got a four, the other one got a five. We've been a five a bunch. But we have not been lower. Yeah, than a, we haven't been lower think than about a five seed. That's the era that the, most of those have come in, the Huggins era. That's kind of the way it goes. He's obviously on his way to nine hundred wins for a reason. Yeah. Granted, granted, three of those, and the only three that you've had have come in the Huggins era as well. So let's hope number four is this year too. I mean, that's the only scenario I could see Zach us falling below the three line. Is you go one and two this week at home, you lost games at home. Yeah, that's a then that's you got bounced thought. in the first round of the conference tournament. It is. I mean, and and, and hopefully there's no uh, no reason to get too enthralled on that idea because we're going to come out and, and play some good basketball. But that's the worst case scenario right now. And then of course the worst case scenario off of that's you get you know Michigan or Gonzaga in your bracket, and then it's just like holy shit, I can't believe I threw that into the universe. Here, something something that can we'll, we'll scrub get rid of all, all this bad juju you're win. throwing out there. I'm not we a fan. Won't we won't let it happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either, man. This this stuff might not hit the air. No, it will, guys. Um, we 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 appreciate Zach. Appreciate you coming in there, brother. Um, always good, man. Going to be a fun week. Um, and and I'm going to throw that one and two totally out the window. We are at least three and zero. Let's go. I, I'm I'm even going to go a little higher, man. I think three and zero on the week. Yep, yep. Let's go, Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers. You guys enjoy it. Thanks for coming with us on the journey. We'll probably have a post-Baylor, uh, pre-TCU Oklahoma State podcast for you guys as well and kind of see how the rest of the nation keeps uh, kind of uh, unturning for us and kind of how it might affect the seed lines here. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shining